You've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go! What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh, man, I truly appreciate everybody for tuning in. I know I say it. I don't know how to show it anymore. I would be doing it. I've given everything I have away in poker tournaments, and if I acquire anything else, I'm going to hold another one. So, materialistically, y'all can miss me with that shit. I'm here. I enjoy the moment. I'm thankful I woke up. I got some weird-ass blown blood vessel next to my eye, but that's just going hard in the paint, I guess. Um... Just wanted to touch bases. Uh, Yesterday, I released an episode about judgment and just going over a little bit about my life and reflecting. I received um, an overwhelming amount of questions, comments, and even concerns. Definitely a couple of y'all were asking a lot about, hey, man, you should probably see a counselor, see somebody, see some shit. So I love that you're casting your judgment upon me. That's why I put my opinion out there. So keep them coming. I don't take it offensively. All I can say is as far as these questions, I'm not going to tag the people that sent them to me this video going forward. If you send it to me, your question or comment via DM, I will not tag you in it because you did it discreetly and you probably don't want the attention. However, if you want your question posted or answered and you want to be mentioned go ahead and put the question on my timeline so everybody can see it so I know that this is not something you wanted answered behind closed doors so I don't want to expose anybody who asked a question that they don't want out in the world to know that it came from them so on this video I'm not going to mention anybody but going forward if you just put it on my wall I'll give you all a shout out I appreciate the messages I appreciate the input and I like sharing the perspective. That's why I do this. So I love, appreciate every every one of y'all, and let's jump into this. Question number one. This one, I don't even have to look at the thing. Uh, I actually do. 70 partners. That's disgusting. That's what she wrote me. I'm going to go ahead and just say that it was a she, and it was, she was very um, disgusted with the fact. So I I don't mind commenting on this one, especially I'm going to start it with this. There's been over 70 partners I had sex with, and there were under 20 partners that I've ever kissed. Um, I'm not a kisser. I do not kiss women. I think that shit is disgusting. I know that we were taught that you're supposed to kiss first, but that shit is all fabricated. It's an illusion, and I don't want nothing to do with your fucking mouth. Um, That probably goes back to seventh grade. I remember a girl that was laying across my lap tried to kiss me. I was like, hell no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't remember now if it was before or after. I'm guessing it was after, but I remember she did give my best, best friend, RIP, Mr. Delgado, man, my, my, my boy right there, Matt. Um, love that guy. Rest in peace. She gave him head underneath the bleachers. So I don't know if it was before or after, but either way, I'm not trying to taste my homie's dick. What if I don't know and then I end up kissing her and then I find out down the line and it's like this whole idea of kissing has been very weird to me. Um, it's something that we're told we're supposed to do, but it's never felt right. It's never been something like, oh, I can't wait to kiss that girl. Like, fuck no, that's not me. That's just disgusting to me, um, but to each their own. So for me, sex is a, it's a very taboo thing here in America. It's something that we don't talk about. We don't talk with our children about it. We don't talk with each other about it unless we're with our friends. And then we're like, man, I, I smashed that or did it. You know, and it's like, this is something that we all do. This is something that's very 
natural. Um, if not, we wouldn't be here today. It's part of the reproductive process. It's a big part of every one of our lives, the desire, the hormones to reproduce. And it's taboo. We're not supposed to talk about it. So when it comes to the 70, yeah, it's probably a high number to you. But at the same time, you probably kiss more people than I have. And that shit's nasty as fuck to me. Um, I've always practiced safe sex. I've been a very strong person when it comes to that. Uh, if we don't got no rubber, we, we, we ain't doing nothing anyways. But that means I was slipping with my pimping to begin with. So I came prepared to the situation 99% of the times. I've actually had girls tell me, oddly enough, oh, wow, you actually brought protection? Like, yeah, bitch. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, what are you fucking with if, if if you're shocked that I did? I mean, what are you fucking with that doesn't? So it's very concerning. Um, I'm not the problem. I'm just part of the problem. So thank our society for that one. Um, I did do some self-searching as far as where that all began, and I think it all comes back to when I was a small child. We're going to say roughly seven years old, um, maybe eight, as I was talking about on the episode, my sister's drug experience. So she came in and she was talking about her boyfriend chasing her and how his system was outside. She could hear him out there. Long story short, my dad kicked her out. Get the hell out of here. Get that shit out of the house. So once she left, she left all of her possessions in the room. And as little boys will do, eventually over time, we ended up wandering in her room, going through her stuff. Like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And we found, I remember the box. It had a blue middle section with two brown tops. And as you popped them open, there was porno inside. Now, yeah, this is my sister, the one that married a Klansman. So there was porno inside. And as youngsters, we didn't know what the hell we were looking at. But we started going through it. And over time, it actually ended up making it its way down to the park. We used to hide all our porno in one of the bush sections. You have to climb up the hill down at the park. And underneath the bushes, there was a little concrete piece for a meter. You'd take it off. And underneath there, we'd hide all our porno. It was the little neighborhood boy thing. So... I actually remember my first stiffy. I remember being out there and looking at the magazines and getting my first boner and not knowing what the hell it was and being like, what the fuck is this? And like not being able to stop it and just having to be like, hey, guys, I'm going home and getting on my bicycle and like riding home. Like, what the fuck is this? What am I supposed to do with this thing? Like, when's it going to go away? Because nobody has spoken to us. Um, and it's not something that we speak about in our houses in America. Maybe it's just my culture. I've been around a lot of cultures and we typically don't talk about Sex is taboo. It's kind of like talking about money. A lot of people don't talk about money. It's kind of weird. The two things that are actually very constant in our lives are the most like taboo things that we don't speak about. I'm sure that there's a, some type of mental, maybe a capitalistic way of looking. I don't know how the fuck to look at it. Um, it's probably a control measure. That's what we'll call it. I look at monogamy as a thing of control. Um, it's definitely been through the churches and things like that. They know that they can control Men a lot more if they're stable, if they're in one location, if they're with one partner, there's a whole control aspect to it. And we could look back to the 60s where women used to stay at home and actually raise a family. And there was more of a family culture where we valued things like that. Um, during the 70s, women began going to work. By the 80s, most women worked and the whole idea of that family shit was gone. So the stay-at-home mom, the calling each other, hey, do you know what Johnny's doing down the street? All those days are gone. Everybody's in it for themselves. And uh, that's where we've come to, folks. And the reality is you can look at these dating apps. You can look at all those things. They are definitely shooting up in popularity. Um, the hookup culture is real. It is very real. The illusion that some people live in is very interesting to me as somebody who's lived with pimps, but I've also worked full-time jobs, and it's like the same ladies that I talk to at my full-time job have no idea 
that the world of pimping even exists. They live in their own illusion, as many of us do. Um, I think all of us probably do. The only thing is some of us have different illusions and a whole lot of other points of reference upon their lives as far as culture and stuff. So I noticed when you grow up one type of way, you think this is the right way. This all comes back to right and wrong. I'm not a believer in it. I believe in comfort and discomfort. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with their own emotions. So a lot of people will want to have sex and they got to fight it because the Bible tells them to fight it or certain things like that. And it's like, I don't play that shit. I do not um, value what they tell me to value. I just look at what I feel inside and I just measure it off of that. And even then it's not even about what I feel inside because I do not value emotions much. So it's all an interesting one when it comes to that. Oh shit, low battery notice on the camera. So I'm going to shoot through this one, but just say, <laughs> porn from a young age i'm sure has something to do with it aol chat rooms that was a whole different world for those that remember that time era Woo! um i learned about fisting and things like that over aol chat rooms i think that the internet has definitely opened the avenues of younger access to pornographics and things like that um, social media is no better. You have 12 year old girls getting dolled up, trying to look like their moms who's doing booty pics on their thing. And it's like, it's fucking hard to tell. Now, if I was 18, man, it'd be hard. Cause some of these 16, 15, they're looking, dressing like they're grown ass women. So it's, it's, it's disgusting, um, on that side. So if you're trying to go towards, let's keep it all morally, blah, blah, blah. And God, we trust. Well, if you want to pull that shit, you better not own a gun for self-defense because you, you should believe that your prayer is stronger than any bullet. So it makes no sense to me on why you would own a gun for self-defense, but we could get out into all that bullshit and what you value. So that's what you value. That's not what I value. My personal opinion, it was a sport. It was a game. It's just like a wrestling match. I want to wrestle 70 opponents. It's just a different way of wrestling. You know, I'm just, we're here for the enjoyment. I hope she gets hers. I'm just trying to get mine. We want nothing to last past that. Um, I don't lie. I, you know, especially today, I don't lie. Um, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit somebody to try to get into the pants, but I'll keep it honest with you. I want nothing after this. And if you just want to do what you need to do tonight and we could both smile about it and go on our way, we could say goodbye. You know what I mean? And actually mean it. So not everybody's built like that. We're all built different. Um, especially I have a different understand when it comes to women and their view of it. You are limited on how many children you can have. A man can decide one day I want 30 children, go out, sleep with 30 other women and possibly get 30 children. A woman, on the other hand, she is limited by the amount of children that she can actually bear. So when it comes to that, it is much more valuable to her in the time of in time itself because you only have a certain amount of time that you could even produce babies. And men, we have it completely different. We're just out here just trying to bust a nut and keep it going. And you know what I mean? Different, completely different. Um, I do see a lot of more of the hookup culture working with daddy issues. Um, the girls that don't have a solid foundation of parents at home are typically the ones that are more provocative. You can do your own research on that and try to link it up. I'm just telling you my personal experience with women. Um, and like I said, I've had quite a bit of it, so I do have something to lean back on. But those with daddy issues or not both parents in the house, they typically are a lot more provocative. Um, how or why, I'll let you sum that one up. But I'm going to jump to number two because I'm looking at my battery count and I'm low. Dumbass. Um, number two. 
are your parents still alive and what do they think about you now? My parents are both still alive. I have that blessing. I'm very thankful. I'm super thankful to have both of my parents. I try to speak with them weekly, talk with my dad a little more now. What do they think about me? Um, I'm viewed as success. I'm, I'm viewed, you look at me now compared to what I was. I have a house. I have cars. I have my kids. You know, I, I, I've got success. So to them, I'm much more successful than the runaway person doing, you know, no communications and who knows what I'm doing. Much more successful in their view. Um, I guess that solves that one because that's basically their opinion of it. But what do they know? What I tell them. And that's one thing, you know, None of us know each other except for what we know, and that comes back to the illusion and the perceptions that we try to put off. We can go through that all day. Number three, oh, man. How did you end up living with the Klansmen? That was family. My sister, I had four older sisters. They married four different races. One married an Italian guy. One married an illegal immigrant Mexican guy. One married an African-American guy. One married a member of the KKK. So... There was the old fire in San Bernardino. It ended up burning down our house. It actually only melted one of the windows, but we were no longer able to live there because we were renters. And long story short, there's all more to that, but we got kicked out. We moved in with my grandma for a little bit. She was in a senior citizen residence, 55 and older. We were kids. They got We got kicked out of there, basically. Had to move in with another family member. That was my sister. She was married to a Klansman. We didn't have a choice. I'm living with a Klansman. Next thing I know, the Grand Wizard's coming in to play pool, and I'm just sitting there trying to do my homework. You know, and it's just the way life went. So I'll be bumping hip-hop and listening to that shit in the next room, and they're over there doing Klansman shit in that room. So I don't think I actually listened to hip-hop in that house ever, but it sounded good. Uh, that was number three. Number four, did you ever consider... Ooh, I feel like uh, there was one before this. But did you ever consider suicide? No, um, I did not consider suicide. I'm sure that this has a lot to do with my aunt who had committed suicide, my mom who had attempted to commit suicide, my sister who had attempted to commit suicide. Like, this shit was not new to me. I knew that there was, you know, there's a quit to the end. of the, There's an end game. So it will all end. So enjoy what you can while you can because it is all temporary would be my way of putting it. But I did know that, you know, rock bottom, if you're going to go out, I typically had a pistol or some type of means, and I was going to take everybody out. I'm going out in a blaze of glory. That's my 100% honest answer. Killing myself was never really a thought, um, but going into a place of my enemy and just blowing them the fuck away, that was more of it. Um, You can see that in more of your type of uh, large psychopath, they'll call them and shit, but it's like, why am I going to kill myself? I can go kill my enemy. It never made sense to me, so... I could go out and try to rob a bank and try to profit and maybe even end up in a better scenario. But if worse come to worse and I get caught up, well, let's go out in a blaze of gunfire. I never thought about suicide in that sense. So hopefully that answers your question. It probably makes me look worse, but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to look like a piece of shit, and I hope you judge me. So in that one, never thought about killing myself. Number five, what was going through your head while you were homeless? Um, Shit. Video's off now, so I'm just going all audio. What was going through my head? When I was homeless, um, I thought I wasn't going to make it. I remember looking back and just thinking, like, fuck, how am I going to get out of this? And just sitting in my van and drinking tall cans and just thinking, how do I get out of this situation? You know, do I go and get a job and then you only make minimum wage? And at minimum wage, <clears throat> I can never afford to get out of this situation because minimum wage is ass and it doesn't really work. Um, as a homeless person, you do think you're alone a lot. You know, I, at least I, I was alone a lot. So 
at that time, I was reading my Bible a lot and felt like, you know, maybe religion kept me not so empty or not so alone. However, you knew it. You knew it. You, you sit there um, at nights when you move, you know, when I'm moving everything inside my van to lay down. I, I knew what reality was. I wasn't living an illusion. Um, what was going through my head? I wish I left a journal or something, but a lot of it was just plotting robberies hating the world, hating everybody for why I ended up, why I'm in this situation, um, knowing that life was unfair, especially there's a lot of people that, uh, a lot of my friends, for example, because where I, where I was at growing up, just up the hill, there was a lot more finances, and I saw a lot of kids that were doing a lot of drugs and stuff and still able to live with their parents, and they were just much better off than I was, and I was somebody who didn't do drugs, never did drugs, uh, smoked weed, but never did like hard drugs. I sold them, but I never did them, so... I always felt like, you know, I made better decisions than most people, but I was in a worse place. So there was that. But at the same time, I was able to reflect on what got me into that situation and how it was my own decisions. So it wasn't like I hated people for where I was. I understood it, but I did understand the unfairness of life. I think that comes back to especially when I was looking towards going to college and they kept asking how much money my parents made. Like I said, I was a reg- I was a runaway at 15. So what my parents made was fucking irrelevant. Like it doesn't matter what my parents make. First off, I'm not going to ask them what they make. I don't even talk to my parents. Second off, they're not helping me with any of these fucking bills. So what they make is irrelevant. It should have nothing to do with this. And third off, this shit's all a monopoly. You know, all this whole this whole school shit, it's all fucking monopoly. It's all overpriced bullshit, just like the health insurance and all that shit, getting financial aid from who? You know what I mean? A fucking government, if they're going to pay for education, then pay for fucking education, but don't be fucking judging who you're going to pay for it. Um, that's bullshit. So you link it back to your parents. I wouldn't live with my parents. I had nothing to do with my parents. They always ask about my parents' income, my parents' this, my I don't fucking care what they make. It's fucking irrelevant. It has nothing to do with it. And then my dad owned a business, so it wasn't a typical paycheck so it looked like he was bringing in more money than he actually had because you have expenses like insurance um employees insurances you have expenses you have all that shit but that they don't see that they just see oh you brought in this much money we need this from you and it's like fuck you so when it comes to my thoughts what was going through my head a lot of it is just hatred towards the system um i would sit back and just think of how fucked it was and a lot of my friends that were just going through life and able to because of their parents and just those types of um, support systems. It sucked that I didn't have it, but it was what it was. Um, I just remember just wondering, like, how? I I always remember wondering, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? Because, like, you're stuck, man. You're in your van. It's just you. It was just me in my van and maybe a tall can. I didn't have any, you know, there was no... uh, Social security, there's no checks coming in. It's just whatever I can make. So that's where I started robbing a lot of drug dealers. Those are the people that I kind of knew um, because I was buying a lot of weed and stuff and still in, you know, the cocaine scene, trying to sell cocaine. People want to pick up $100 worth of cocaine. I end up selling them baking soda because I didn't have the 100 you know, it just I can make $15 off of being the middleman or I can make 100 bucks off of doing them wrong, you know, and I wasn't really worried about the consequences because I'll beat most people's ass and I wasn't. I didn't have anything worth living for. So if you're going to come kill me, I'm ready to die. You know, I guess that's where that one comes from. So my head was a sick place. It was definitely dark. But at the same time, I do remember just asking myself, how am I going to get out of this? And I, it it was tough, man. You didn't, you couldn't take showers. You had to have a gym membership or figure out how you're going to sneak your ass into the gym just to take a shower. Cause even 
I think it was $20, $15 a month back then. That shit wasn't easy to come by. And then when you did come by it, you'd rather get food or uh, get some weed or get some drink or something. You didn't want to get a fucking gym membership, um, especially with the lack of nutrition. I noticed that a lot with um, when your nutrition, when your nutrition's right, it's a lot easier to lift weights and have that energy. But when you're not even, you don't have the nutrition, you definitely don't want to go work out so you can take a shower and not just look like a homeless person using the shower. But Oh man, it's a, you really start saying fuck you and what you think. I'll tell you what. So when I look at it today and I'm just like, fuck what they think. Like it, it literally, I just remember those days where I was hungry and there was nobody worried about how my stomach felt that it was eating itself. You know what I mean? Motherfucker just look at me and laugh. Cause I'm the piece of shit walking down the road and long ass, dirty ass, grimy hair, some big ass pants, parachute looking fucking pants. Like laugh at me. You know what I mean? Laugh at me now, baby. Um, Let's jump on from that question. I think that kind of covers. Six, uh, did you ever kill anybody? I'm not going over that shit, man. That one, uh, first off, no, I never shot anybody in the head where I watched brains splatter all over the place where it was like, oh, yeah, he's for sure dead. And anytime, it's not like the movies, folks. When you do shoot people, they fall over. You don't know if they're dead or not. You ain't going to sit around and fucking go through. Even if you shoot them and go through their pockets, they're typically still breathing. And you you don't know if they die. You don't know if they're, li- if they're alive. That's Typically, that wasn't. You know, it wasn't the concern unless you're doing a hit. Um, whether or not they die is not the objective. It's just getting whatever the fuck's in their pockets because otherwise I'm going hungry. If I go hungry again, you're going to fucking starve. So when I hear about bear attacks and things like that, of things that are just fucking hungry and they eat people, it's like, I fucking get it, man. I'll eat y'all motherfuckers. I ain't trying to starve. I've been hungry. Um, most people have never been hungry in their lives, and that's that's just a reality. You got to look. You, you go a day, you're like, eh, I, I want something to eat, but y'all motherfuckers ain't never gone two, three days without having literally the ability to eat. Uh, it's different. It, it, it's, it's uh, a mother, hungry motherfucker is going to outdo you. That's all I can tell you. You are not hungrier than they are. There is a real meaning to that term. That motherfucker's hungry. Like that, that really does mean something. If you've never been hungry, you will never fucking understand what it means. It's kind of like being a father or being a parent and you've never had one. It's like, you don't fucking have the closest idea. You know, you have your illusion of an idea, but that shit ain't real. Um, Let's jump off from number six because I'm not getting any further into that one. Number seven, craziest robbery story. Um, That's all perspective one when it comes to the crazy. So what I value as crazy and what you value as crazy is going to be completely different. I've definitely had my heart pumping. Scenarios are completely different. So the best way to put it would be like robbing a drug dealer is nothing like robbing a business, which is nothing like robbing an individual. And they all have their own consequences. They all have their own highs and lows and complications and things to watch out for. So like an employee, for example, they understand, it's not theirs. They're not robbing them. You're robbing from the corporation. However, you're going to have a whole different entity pursuing you um, in law enforcement and these giant agencies because you've now robbed from a giant corporation, you know. So it's different in that sense when it comes to the fear. The fear is more of the after Um, when you're robbing drug dealers, you understand that they have worked their ass off to get to this point, to get to what they have. Plus they may have a debt that may cost them their life. So they may not be able to afford to give you what they have. So now you better be willing to pay whatever price is going to be to get that fucking get what they've got. Cause they may be depending on that for them to eat. So when you rob drug dealers, you go in with a whole different, scenario um when you rob individuals 
Now, when I say robbing an individual, I mean this is like purse snatching or just running up to random people. You got to, hey, this dude's been spending a lot of money in the bar. Man, want to check him out. You know, hitting people like that, that's even more different because now they're not drug dealing, so they're not really expecting it most of the time. Drug dealer, you should pretty much expect to get robbed. Every transaction I did, I was always on edge. You know, are you a cop? Are you a theft? Are you a thief? You know, who are you? So it's it's completely different. When you're robbing individuals, that's a whole different one. So craziest drug story. Well, craziest robbery story. I have a pretty awesome one that I enjoy. You know, there's, there's one where we were in the casino and we always played craps. One, it was our favorite game. Two, it had a great um, culture to that game because the whole table kind of, we all get wild together. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very involved game emotionally. It's, it's really fun, uh, more of a like a, a party-type atmosphere. And on top of that, the craps table was closest to the cage. The only thing closer was maybe a, a, a slot machine or two, but when you're sitting at the slot machine closest to the cage, it doesn't look right. It looks, you know, there all the time and... Slot machines take up a lot more money, man. I enjoy craps a lot more. I really love craps. I enjoy it. You can drink for free, sit there and shoot dice. I think it was a $5 minimum table over there. It was a really low-end casino. However, those low-end casinos, you have people going in there playing big money. Um, We would sit at that craps table. We would go to that specific casino because we can hear the teller. And if one of us sat on one side, you can actually – one of us stood on one side of the table, you can hear because your back's to the cage, but you can hear everything. The other guy would stand on the opposite side of the table so he can see. So if you failed to hear it, I may be able to see it. So we worked in tandem while we were working in the casinos. And uh, I remember one day we were sitting there rolling, rolling. And this lady, she clocked out. It was uh, upwards of 15000 or something. I, I don't remember exactly. It might have just, just been upwards of 5000 But I remember the thousands. It, she, she clocked out. She, she cashed out. And she had good money. So she went out. Now... We catch it. We both catch it. We catch eye contact with each other. So we both hear it. We're on the same page. We know what's going on. We know we got to get our chips. We got to get out of here. Now, we're going to take our chips with us. We, we frequent this casino, so we don't really need to bring them to the cage and cash out. We can actually just throw them in our pockets and walk out of the casino, and nobody will think too much of it. They actually know who we are now at this casino, especially me. Um, I was 16 with my fake ID. I couldn't grow no fucking facial hair, so... Everybody knew who I was. I stood out in the casino. People look at me like, what's this youngster doing in here? Hey, he's got an ID. So I definitely stood out. So I always, they knew who I was. They knew I was there frequently. At some point, they always asked me for my ID because they knew I wasn't 21. But some of the guys, they were just, you got it? Cool. I don't even need to look at it. Just let me know you have it because I've seen it before. They got to that point. So we look at each other. You know, all right, let's finish one or two more rolls. Let her get a little head start because she's probably going to go out Typically, when they have that type of money, they valet. Valet, they got to run over, get the car, do those types of things. You got to tip the car. So we know we have a couple, we have a little time. Get our chips, get them in our pocket. We don't leave together, even though most people know, we, people know we're together at this point because we come to the casino so frequently. So when we're playing on opposite sides, it's more so, I don't know, you know, what they thought or what they were doing, but we just played opposite side. We didn't play hand in hand. We still talk across the table. People knew we knew each other. So we did leave together most of the time if we if we went to a new casino we're not in often we'll leave separately he'll take off at a time maybe go through a front entrance i'll go through a back entrance we might meet up in the parking lot it's even better one person walks off the premises and the other one gets to the vehicle goes and picks them up do things real discreet like that but um 
This lady cashed out, man, and I remember she pulled up. It was a SL500. It was a Mercedes. I, I loved the car. I loved it, and it was a it was a convertible. So we uh we get our, to our vehicle. And we're like, damn, she cashed out. Like, yeah, man, we were doing good at the craps table too. I remember we were on a we were on a good game. We didn't really want to leave that game, but it was what it was. Time called, so time to go to work. You know, clock in. So she she drives out, and we're kind of tailing her for a little while, maybe like three blocks, and eventually she drops the top down. And you can just see the gray hair just, like, poofed over the driver's seat. She's driving, you know, person in the passenger seat and uh, pulled up to a signal light. And I was in the passenger seat, so I pulled my gun out from under the seat, got that on me because I didn't bring it in the casino too much. You don't want to get caught with a gun in the casino. That's a whole different whole different ball game. But, um, yeah, so um, I did when I was – when it was a point where I knew I was probably doing life, I did start bringing in my gun because I didn't want it. I wasn't going to jail. Like, I would rather shoot and die. Like, fuck going to jail. So certain things like that we did. But for the most part, you just keep it in the car. Uh, just in case you got pat down or something, you, know, you might be able to walk away. Um, so I ended up pulling the gun out from under the seat. And you can make a ski mask out of a T-shirt. So you don't really need a ski mask when it comes to those types of things. You just put it back, and then you just tie the uh, arms of the shirt. So I did that. Boom, looks like a ninja mask. She had no fucking idea, man. We pulled up in public, and it was weird because I'm looking at all my mirrors. There's like no other cars at this intersection. So there's nobody else even pulling up. It's a four-way stop. We got a red light. She's in a turn lane. So it was green to go straight, but she turned up in the turn lane. That was, you know, red light. We turned in the turn lane right beside her or right behind her. I jumped out real quick. I was able to actually leap, put my foot on the trunk of the car, and jump, and I landed in the passenger seat. So by the time I just, ah, like, I was already there. I was in in. I'm in the the seat, you know, guns at you, and you got to go. You got you got to move, drive, drive, bit drive, run that red light. You know what I mean? And uh, run the red light, go to a certain spot. All I wanted was the purse. I didn't need the whole view. I didn't want the. I wanted the car. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I just need the purse. So drive, pull a parking lot, take the keys out, throw the keys. Make sure you get a cell phone if it's there, so you get a head start. And boom, got the purse, keys. You know, keys, purse. Throw the keys. I didn't even keep them. Threw the keys, uh, got the purse, got cell phone, boom, gone. So that one just went flawlessly. I loved the way that it played out, just the way that it all worked. It worked, like, amazing. So that wasn't crazy. It's just crazy the way it worked. Um, I'll never buy dope with fake money. I did buy some methamphetamine one time with some counterfeit money. I got the dope. I think it was a half ounce or something. I don't even fucking remember. Um, the dude starts driving away in a gold Lexus. Dude and a girl. The girl was driving. The dude was a sales. They pulled to the end of the park. I remember I dropped the money, got the dope, start walking back across the park. I see them pulling out, and I see the car, like, brake lights, brake lights. Now they're not exiting the park. They're actually pulling around to the other side of the park. So now they've noticed the money. I know. I know it was only going to buy me so much time. So as they're pulling around the other side of the park, like, fuck, he got me. They're pulling around. I got a dip now. So I got all this dope on me. So I start running. Boom. I run back across the park now. So he's either going to have to get out and try to chase me or they're going to have to drive all the way around. And it's a housing complex. So he's kind of in a bad spot. So I'm running, running, running. I knew where an abandoned house, not abandoned, but a for sale house that nobody lived in. My goal was to hit their backyard, hit the next backyard, end up on the next street. However, upon running to that house, a fucking neighbors across the street, big ass white guys. They're like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, fuck. Now I can't jump in that backyard, but now they're fucking chasing me. So I got the dope guy chasing me. I got these fucking two big ass white guys chasing me. Cause I was about to jump. I'm, I'm at a cold sprint when I run to this back fence and I'm about to jump in and they're like, Hey, I'm like, fuck. Well, now I can't jump. So I take off running the other way. 
Now they're chasing me. I got the dope dealer chasing me. I'm running. I got all this dope on me. So I run. I'm, I'm fast. So for those that don't know, I'm, I'm a fucking smoke you in a race. You know what I mean? So good luck for them ch- catching me. But hey, here we go. So I'm dipping. I, I run. I'm way faster than them. So I hit like two, two streets. You know what I mean? I'm gone. They're not going to catch me. I'm sure that they gave up immediately and went back for their vehicle because I'm fast. Um, I dip. I, I make it two blocks over. So now I'm running across. These neighborhoods connect. I'm running across, and I actually know this family. I know the old people that live there. I jump their fence into their backyard. Boom. They're the corner house, so I jump into their backyard. Boom. I hit the floor. I see the car that's chasing me. I'm, I'm next to, so it's a brick wall on the backside, but it's a wooden fence on the side that faces the street. So I can see through the wooden fence. I don't think they can see me, but I can see through it, and I see the golden car go best. When I see it go. But it stopped, and the motherfucker got out right there, the dude. So the girl's driving. <clears throat> the dude gets out. He starts looking, right? So he's, he's going, starting to look in backyard. So at this point, I'm like, fuck, he's going to see me. So I got to do something. So there's a tree right there. I jump up on the wall. I jump up into the tree. I start climbing. Boom. It's not a big tree. And the tree, it has a lot of leaves all around the outside, but the inside's very empty. So as I'm up there, I can see everything through my leaf covering but anybody under me you can look directly up and see me so it's like a canopy let's call it a canopy i'm in there man i got all this dope on me i got some pepper spray i do have some pepper spray when i pulled this off because i was like fuck if i get stuck in a situation i might have to spray and go so i do have pepper spray i remember thinking i I had that in my hand and i'm up in this tree now car stops the dudes are looking and now the two white guys come up and they come over um This is what happened. One of the cars that was driving past, as I jumped into that backyard, they owned the house next door. They had pit bulls. Because when I jumped into that backyard, I was going to jump the other fence. No, When I was on the wall, I saw the fucking pit bulls. So when I jumped that first wall in the backyard, the gold car went by. The dude got out, but he started looking on the other side of the street. So I'm like, fuck, I got time. I hit the wall. When I hit the wall, those pit bulls rah, 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 right next to me, right? Fucking big ass pit bulls. So, oh, can't make it in that backyard. So I made it up the tree. Um, and now I'm sitting up the tree, but the dogs aren't barking, thankfully. And these guys are looking. I watched the motherfucker come right below me. Like, if he would have looked up, he would have saw me. He went right below me and looked, crouched on the wall, looked over, saw I wasn't there, went to the next one. The dog saw him, started barking. Well, the, when I jumped the first fence, the people that owned the house next door, they were driving by. So they actually got out. I guess they went to their house, and then they came back. They're like, we got dogs next door. So they're having a conversation within 20 feet of where I am in this tree. I don't know. The whole fucking community comes together. And the funny part is is this is in the community where I grew up. Like, literally, I spent 13 years, my childhood, in this little housing track. And now we're here, and everybody's looking for me now. I've been gone for a little bit. People don't even know me with the long hair. So it's not like they know who I am, but I know all these motherfuckers. Like I know everything. I know who your kids are. I know everything. So I'm up in this tree and I'm watching literally 15 people assemble. Maybe it was 10 to 15 people assemble all talking about me. I remember one of the ladies, like he's probably in one of these trees, but they just, they're all there. The whole community is like, yeah, I saw him jump that fence. We live next door. We saw him jump into this backyard today. And they're all talking. They're like, well, what happened? Why are we chasing them? They're like, oh, he was stealing. Uh, the tweaker said I was stealing lawn furniture from their backyard. And that's what they said. So now all these people are looking for me. I'm up in this tree. I'm watching, right? So they're like, okay, we're going to go. They make a little 
plan. They're like, we're going to go this way. You go this way. We go this way. And uh, if anybody sees them, they all change, exchange phone numbers and shit. And they're all making this plan, right? I'm in the fucking tree right next to them, like listening to this whole shit. So I watch it disperse. Okay, let's go. Boom. They all disperse. As soon as they disperse and get out of view, I pop down from the tree onto the street and I just go running all the way down. So at the end of the street are these fucking, um, it's, it's the bicycle jumps. And I grew up there. I, I built these jumps when I was a kid. That's why I mean, I grew up over here. So I know all this shit. Make it down to the dirt jumps. I know I'm good from there, but I didn't make it. That was a long ass run where it's like anybody who pulls around that corner is probably looking for me. <laughs> so I'm running down this blind corner. You can't see anything until they turn the corner. So you're just running down to this corner and they could turn at any time. <clears throat> I make it down to the dirt jumps. I was like, I'm good now. But once I got there, that's when I started pulling out the dope and actually looking at it like, holy shit, I'd never seen that much methamphetamines. I mean, there were. Uh, glass surfboards for those that know. I mean, there were just shards that were big as fuck. I had never seen shards like this in my life. I knew it was a good hit, man. And I knew I was in trouble now because these motherfucking tweakers, they don't fuck around, right? So, like I said, I had a whole community chasing me. I'm up in a tree. I'm looking at these motherfuckers that are looking for me. He was within five feet of me when he hit that wall. And I was just up there watching the whole fucking thing. So that one was interesting. It had its own, like, climax. Sitting in that tree was so fucking... I'll never forget it, you know? And I did hide the dope up in the tree just in case I got caught. I didn't want to get caught with all that dope, a felony worth of dope on me. But I did, you know, by the time I jumped out of the tree, I retrieved it. But I do remember, like, finding a stash spot in the tree that I could even hide it in and all types of shit. So that was a very interesting, like, uh, um, that was a good one. I think any time that you rob somebody always has their own little climax, you know, their own uh, adrenaline rush when you're going in and different things happen. Been in some weird scenarios, especially when I was out robbing the uh, transvestite hookers because they were guys that were dressed as women, but they were always picked up by the nicest businessman. Now, the businessman never gave me a problem. They were fucking here, take all my money, just don't fucking tell my wife type shit. The transvestite dudes that are fucking giving a head, you know, giving some head and shit that just got interrupted and are getting robbed, they would get fucking pissed. And now they would try to fight me and stuff. Now, though, I broke the, I broke a couple golf clubs over... um Tranny's heads, you know, I did a couple things like that. Things definitely went wrong typically when you went to do those robberies, but you expected it. You expected to cause harm to somebody because those tranny transvestite, they're sucking dick for money. They ain't trying to suck dick for free. You know what I mean? So they ain't trying, they're not trying to give it up. Those ones you typically had to pry them out, pry them out of their fingers. But uh, like I said, they were just some, some tranny prostitutes. I definitely didn't value them. I didn't mind hitting them over the head with golf clubs and those types of things. I didn't mind shooting them in the stomach if it came to that or whatever happens. It's like, yes, some sick motherfuckers. So I devalued them in my personal view at that point. Um, I definitely don't feel the same anymore, but at that point I, I valued everybody like shit. You know what I mean? I didn't value anybody highly. You're all what you are. So at that point, it wasn't like I valued them less, but I different definitely didn't value them more. I valued everybody as a target. So it was, they were just another target. They were just a different target. Um, yeah, so that's a when it comes to crazy robberies, there's a couple of them. There's some business robberies I could go over with you, but <clears throat> I think I'm safe by the statute of limitations because it's more than seven years ago. But there are details I would give up in, an, in like the robberies and the scenarios and what happened that might be able to get linked because there's a lot of documents on those things, I'm sure, especially because police helicopter showed up. Um, I would always, so like one of them, I had a change of clothes down inside of a ditch. So once I did the lick, I had to jump a fence, put me under a bridge. 
I literally made it 15 feet out of that place when I heard the first fucking siren. I was like, oh, shit, that was fast. I don't know if it was a siren, silent alarm or if they just fucking called and they were there. I don't fucking know. I made I hit the gates. I made it under and fucking, woo. I was like, oh, shit, he's close. So I was able to change my clothes, start running, running down that ditch, and the ghetto bird show, a fucking helicopter. And it's like, how the fuck am I going to escape this? So I ran over. I dove head first into a fucking thorny-ass bush. I know because it sliced the shit out of me. I just saw a bush and this helicopter. You, you hear them before you see them, but I fucking head dove into a bush. Now, I know if he has heat sensors, I'm in trouble, but it is 9 o'clock in the morning, so everything's kind of warm. Maybe I get I don't know, but I went head first into that fucking bush, no lie. And then from there, I was fucking bleeding everywhere, and I'm going along the freeway fucking in all these shrubs and just getting cut to shit and some pajama pants, you know what I mean? And I remember getting back. When I got back to the house, I'm banging on the door for my brother to answer because he fucking locked me out. And when he finally answered, I walked in. I just unloaded this bag of money and it hits the floor and just, boof, just fucking explodes because there was mostly ones, fives and shit. So when it hits the ground, it just explodes. There's money eruption. And he's just like, what the fuck? We had never seen that much money in our lives. So there were different things. I definitely have some definitely um, crazy robbery stories. When, when you're robbing drug dealers, it's a whole different scenario. There was a lot of ones where I've been chased, done, uh, Ran away with the drugs and had them chasing me. I had to drop down in between cars as they're going through. I can hear their car because they had a blown muffler. And, brrr, and I'm literally in between cars laying on the ground of a, the Ontario Mills parking lot as they're driving through looking for me. And I can hear the fucking truck. I can feel the rumble in my heart. So I went through a lot of those scenarios. But those, I mean, I have a really bad memory. So most of that shit I fucking forgot about, to be honest. Like, I, I don't even remember a lot of them, I'm, I'm sure. Um, that was number seven. Number eight. Have you ever seen a counselor? Uh, no, I have never seen a counselor. Back in middle school, they gave, they put me in um, anger management. And I, I'm, I didn't have a real problem with anger. I was always in martial arts and stuff. So when it came to that, I didn't really have an issue with anger, I don't think. Um, you typically got it drained out every day. When you go to the fucking gym and get your ass whooped. You're not that fucking mad. Like, you don't have the, you don't have the energy to be angry. Um. But no, I did not. And they, they set me up and said that I had to take anger management. I guess I got in a couple of fights in school or something. So they set me up in anger management class. And there was one kid in there. He was the first kid to ever call me a bitch. And I know this because I beat the shit out of him. And I beat the shit out of him in front of my father. My father actually pulled up to pick me up at school that day and watched the kid grab me by my backpack, pull me into the fence and like try to drag me down at some point. I just, Ditch the backpack and beat the shit out of him. Um, as the teachers are coming over, stop, stop, parents. They try to get me off, and I like got up and took off running. My dad pulls up in his little fucking pickup, like, jump in the back. I d- dived in the back, and he took off. So it was on some gangster shit, but my dad knew I didn't start it. I'm, I'm not one to start problems, but I'll love to finish it. I love fighting. I love that high. Um, there's nothing like it, especially like cage fighting. When they lock that thing, it's like, you can cry for mama. Ain't nobody coming for your ass. You better tap out, bitch. I love that high, so... But back to the counselor. They put me in anger management. They put this motherfucker Steven in there. And he's the first person to call me a bitch. I remember I beat the shit out of him too. So, um, but they put him in there. And they gave us these foam bats. And they said we could hit each other. It's like a plastic piece with like this foam over it. They said we could hit each other. So I just started beating the shit out of him. I, I don't like this fool. But they gave me permission. Next thing I know, hey, you fucking too rough. Get the hell. They kicked me out of anger management for not being able to manage my anger. So, have I seen a counselor? No. 
Yes, I guess. I went to anger management and was kicked out for having too much anger. But they told me y'all could beat each other. I guess I just beat them too much. They didn't tell me that there was a limit or anything to this shit. But, uh, yeah, no, once I snap, we're going. It's, it's, it's either on or off for me. We can, we can always be friends. But if, if we're going to hit that on switch, there's not like an on and a half. You know what I mean? It's like full-blown, go, fucking beat the shit. So we ain't built the same. That's where I come with that one. Have I seen a counselor? No. Should I? Shit, that motherfucker can put me on some medication or some shit. I, I enjoy the person I am. I'm able to control and manage my emotions. I'm not driven by my emotions. I feel emotions, but I do not value them highly. I understand this is just some type of natural mechanism just giving me a voice that I don't have to listen to. You know what I mean? It's just, that shit's all, it's, it's, it's just like listening to outside noise. I don't value it. So number nine, when are you at peace? Um, this was somebody that asked me, um, one of my other questions. I remember this person asked two questions. So when am I at peace? Um, when I'm with my kids, I'm in a whole different, whole different realm, I'll call it. So when I'm with my kids, I don't think about all the, the traumas from the past. I don't think about the harms. I don't think about, you know, the things that I've done at all. I'm just caught up so in the moment and fascinated and watching them. It's like a kid at Disneyland. I don't give a fuck what my bike's doing at home. You know what I mean? It's like when I see my kids, I'm in a, I'm in a whole different illusion, you know, and just nobody better fuck with them. The second somebody fucks with my kids, oh, you see a beast of beast. Like I've never been such a beast. I had, I think I told the story about when I went in with the um, machine gun the other day, almost blew my neighbors away, fucking squatters. The police finally got him out. I was talking with the worker today. I actually helped him. He couldn't get into the house. He didn't have safety bits. So I was like, you need a tool? He's like, you have those star bits? I was like, oh, I got every security bit you ever need. That's what I used to do, uh, low voltage. So gave him all the tools. I let him get in the house. So, um. No squatters there anymore. Thankfully, like I was saying, I was about to kill them motherfuckers. Fuck with my kids' sleep. I understand the importance of sleep, and you are not going to fuck with my kids' sleep, especially your tweaker-ass motherfucker fucking with your car alarms and shit. You will die. Like, you will not cause my children any loss of sleep at all. They need to stay in that um, stay in that deep sleep, and you are not going to bring them out of it because I understand the cancer cells that are caused in that, and you are not going to be any part of my children getting cancer. I promise you. You know what I mean? I, I give you that guarantee right now. You will be eliminated before that ever occurs. Oh, man. So back to the question. Back to the question. What was it? Um, when are you at peace? When I'm with my kids, man. It's, it's, it's an illusion. But I also enjoy nature, um, especially now that I'm, I'm solo. I've been doing a lot of skateboarding. Um, the last couple of days, it's been my release is just jump on a skateboard and just go, you know, and just kind of skate and just forget about it all. I, I know that I'm not going to pay rent this month. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but I, I don't worry about that shit. Like, I'm the human cockroach, man. I got my little Honda CRX. It's my dream car. I'm already thinking about how I can live in it. It's going to be the most fucking uncomfortable thing ever because I have cheap ass NRG bucket seats, which are fucking uncomfortable as fuck. And it's a very small car, but I'm figuring out how I'm going to lay in the back or figure something out. I might have to get rid of my passenger seat and build some type of hammock mechanism. I don't fucking know, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lose my cars. I love my cars. They're the only thing that brings me joy right now by not having my children. I mean, all I got are my Honda. So we'll see. Um, I'm not looking for a room for rent. I might even rent a fucking garage for all I know. And I'll put a hammock in that bitch. The only thing I got to do is figure out showers and shitting and I'll go to restaurants and, uh, the gym. If I got a shower or shit, I guess I don't fucking know, but it is nice having your own restroom when you wake up in the morning, just be able to go sit on the toilet and fucking stroll, scroll through your phone. Little blessings, little blessings. Um, yeah, so 
at peace. Um, at peace, it's it's not hard for me to get. I'm not really trapped in. Um, I don't I don't live with those things. I know a lot of times there are times when you will see the faces or something when you go to sleep and you can see the last expression you saw on somebody's face that was in great pain or great fear or great concern. You know, you definitely you don't forget those faces, those looks. Um, especially when you're doing robberies and stuff, just the way that they look and it it. it you don't forget it. Uh, fear is something when it, when there's true fear in somebody's face, it, you can't mistake it. It's it's very it's uh it's 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 non-mistakable. I'll put it that way. So I hope that answers your question. Um and number 10, the most important one and the one that I will look forward to and look back to answer was any ideas how I can care less. I, I don't know. Um, my personal opinion, I think when my mom was there, I used to cry a lot. You know, when my, when I had my mom and my dad, and uh, I remember when my mom used to leave her and I would sit in the car and cry for 15 minutes fucking straight, man. Like it was going to keep her there or something. And at the end of crying, I had to walk inside and my dad would leave, but my brother would go inside off the get. So as soon as my mom, Hey, bye, bye. She leaves. And then I would just sit there and fucking cry with her, man. We would just cry together. You know, I didn't want her to leave. End of it. She always left. She always fucking left. So I think that that had a great effect on me because I, I don't remember crying after that. You know, there's nothing. My dad, my dad would spank us with a paddle. And there were times like, I wouldn't cry. It's just pain. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's only a slight pain compared to what I felt. It's only an external physical pain. Is not much like the pain that you feel inside. So when it came to that, it just, and I think today it's like, I feel, you know, I probably still feel the pain as most people. It's just that pain is nothing compared to the pain that I felt. So I have a love, another level of comparison where I don't value it that highly because I know I can endure that. That's nothing. That's, that's, that's a little pain. That's like stubbing your toe. You know what I mean? It's big as fuck at that time, but, uh, it's nothing like true pain of fracturing your spine or something like that. You're like, fuck, give me a fucking hurt toe or give me a fucking toothache. Like I'll take it. So I think a lot of that is just, it's going to come back to perspective. So it's like being hungry. Is there any way that I can make you know what being hungry is like? No way. Absolutely. No way. You cannot explain that type of experience of actually being hungry and not having something to eat is a horrible, horrible fucking experience, you know? And it's like one day, a lot of people sit there and I didn't have nothing to eat yesterday. That That's nothing. When you're on the second and third day, that level of hunger, you'll kill anybody. You'll do anything. Uh, desperate. You've, ne- you've never been desperate until you hit that point. Let me tell you that. So what you think is desperate is not even true desperate. There's levels to that shit. And, uh, how can I make you care less? It don't. Well, I think caring is actually very, very valuable. Um, I think that people that do care, I think that that holds a value. There's times where you wish that they didn't, but there's times where I wish I did, you know, and I guess that uh, they, they've called me the Tin Man since I was fucking in little, little. I always loved the Wizard of Oz, though, um, and I started getting called the Tin Man. The reason that didn't become my nickname is because in seventh grade, I met a guy named Tin Man, and he went by Tin Man. I felt disrespectful to even continue going by it because he, he moved a lot more weed than I did. He was doing his thing, and that was Tin Man. But he got it for the same reason, just being heartless, man. And that's what it was. I think I got my, in, you know, in fourth grade, like I said, I had a girlfriend for less than a recess till my best friend was like, I like her. And I was like, fuck it, you have her, bro. I'll break up with her. I'll go tell her you like her, and she, could, she, she should get with you. And that's what I did. And they hooked up by the end of the day. So I don't know how that shit works in her head if she's like, I like him, but. 
well, he don't like me, but his friend does. And he's telling me I should date his friend. So she got with him and I don't fucking, I don't know what that bitch was thinking. But at the same time, like, I fuck, <clears throat> I still, that's my dog to this day. I still fuck with that fool. Um, later on in life, him and I went, we saw a girl and it was the first time I turned her out. I never slept with her before, but I knew she was down. Uh, I did start to sleep with her one time with well, the first time. And her mom came in the room and we were smashing, had some music playing. And I remember the radio going down and I turned around. There was her mom like fun's over. Like y'all leaving. I was like, Oh shit. Like that's her mom in here. Like she, and she, she was cool about it. She was just like, y'all gotta go. But I always knew that she was down for whatever. So I brought my homie over there. Like, come on, you can ride with me to this girl's house. And next thing I know she's sucking his dick. Cause I'm plowing it. And it's like, we just, that, that's been my road dog, but he's never been that type of person. Also, he's been very sheltered. Not, you know what I mean? Like I, we could, I'll, I'll get him on the podcast one day and be like, did you ever experience anything like that? Or how was that for you? He's like, what the fuck, man? He'll tell you. Cause he's still, he's a very married man. Probably don't even want that story out about him, but it's like, that was my dog. So, um, I've always been a dog. That's where I Bob dog. It's not like something that I asked for. It's not a name that I even gave myself. It was just something that people called me over time, over time. And that's just what I became. And everybody called me. Um, so it's not, it's not even something that I, I wanted myself. So it's it the dog. Give me dog. Give me it's the dog, the dog. So I hope that that answers all your questions, but I am going to really look at, you know, I did some real soul searching when I read that question. Um, it was hard to just figure out what questions I weren't going to get, but a lot of them were just comments talking shit or whatever. People just bringing things up. So I did try to grab the most valuable comments that I thought I could grab. Um, like I said, folks hit me, hit me with the questions, hit me on my DMS, hit me on, my timeline, if you really want it brought out, and I'll even shout you out on the podcast and just let it be known that this person asked at blah, 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 blah. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Like I said, I truly appreciate just the input, the um, the voicing of opinions, even your own opinion. I love it. And if you ever want to debate on the podcast, I'm always open to it. So feel to reach out. Feel free to reach out to me. Let's work on this. The goal, end of the day, is to provide a better vision for my children and hopefully for your children and for future children. And if anybody ever wonders what our perspective is, they can always look back into it. What's it like being a white kid growing up in San Bernardino when there's only like seven white kids, the race riots take off blacks against Hispanics. And I got to sit on the brick wall, literally eating my French fries and you motherfucker going back at it until the pepper spray started. Cause that shit don't discriminate. And I had to go the fucking pepper spray on my French fries, bitches. But, um, yeah, it was going down. So with blessings, there were, you know, pros and cons to all of it. Definitely when it came to girls, if there was a girl, a lot of girls like that, only white boy. And uh, I had my long hair. I had a lot of girls. Hey, let me braid your hair. Never fuck with white boy hair before. So they like braiding my hair and just different things like that. So it had a, a huge pros, huge cons. When shit's going down, you don't want to be the only white boy because you're getting fucking jumped. You know what I mean? It's like it, just things like that. It's weird how people naturally team up on you and. I can get into race and sex and all those things in a whole nother episode that my Q and a that wraps it up. Cause I did my 10 of 10. I want to thank and appreciate each and every one of y'all video. I was going to do that, but that shit died on like question four or five. So it's going to go out as a podcast. I hope I answered all your questions, not all of them, but at least the 10 that I covered. So love, appreciate each and every one of y'all Bob dog. And I'm out. You've arrived. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. 
This podcast will now self-destruct in three.